While the world is focused on the FTX debacle, there's many things happening in the broader economic, political, and cultural marketplaces. How can we assimilate all of these happenings to determine how to best position ourselves and our families for success? Today, we welcome Christina Bruhan of Continuum.Market to the show to make sense of it all. Known to many in the industry as data points, Christina makes a compelling case for where things are headed and ties it all together with a shocking Bitcoin price prediction. You don't have to be a pointy head to enjoy data, but you do have to be bad to listen to this episode number 650 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Hey, guess what? It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Com. That's Travis Wright. Who are you? What's your name? Speak slowly so we can understand you. I can't hear a word they said. What's the speak problem? Up. Why do they like that? Why do you like these? A little bit louder now. Be a little bit mm. louder now. Come on and shout it now. We're bad. How are you? It's a good day because we've got data points coming out of our ears. So many data points. A lot of data points and... We might as well just jump right on in. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a decent uh, length uh, interview. So yes, you guys are going to be fascinated by this. I guarantee that you'll be fascinated. You're going to be so fascinated. Nobody's ever been as fascinated as you're going to be by this interview that we did with Christina Bruhan of Continuum.Market. And we'll talk about what we talked about on the other side of talking about it. As we try to prognosticate and predict what is next for the crypto world, there's a lot of different places we can look. We're not just looking at the crypto space and what's happening with FTX or BlockFi. We're not just looking at the stock market. We're not just looking at what's happening in politics and current events. We're not just looking at social sentiment. We need to look at all of it. And fortunately today we have the CEO and founder of continuum.market. She's a friend of the show, Christina Bruhan. Some call her data points because she looks at all of these data points and feels like she's got a pretty good grasp on what her crystal ball is saying. Christina, welcome to the show. It's been a while. Well, thanks, Joel and Travis. It's great to be back. Yeah. So let's um, let's let's start with some credibility here because people are going to want to know why are you qualified and how are you qualified to gather and interpret, extrapolate results from the data points. Certainly. So not to brag, but I have a 15-year data background in Fortune 500. Uh, I discovered blockchain a little over five years ago and jumped right into the deep end with Wall Street analytics attempting to use time series forecasting to predict the price of Bitcoin. Uh, long story short, you can't. The regime changes every two months. And it's tied to bigger global macro factors like political regimes, uh, by country adoptions, geolocation's a big factor. And um, it really has a lot to do with sentiment. So at Continuum, we see the price of these coins 
almost secondary to the actual metrics of their adoption. And their adoption comes primarily from credibility, trust, and actually onboarding new users, obtaining testimonials, and in general, having a positive contribution to the blockchain economy. I do look at a lot of data points and all of those data points matter, which means every brand at the continuum is a unique snowflake that needs different things at different times. And that's what we're building our infrastructure is to support the evolution over the next decade as we approach global cross-border payment infrastructure and multiple countries understanding what that means to their tax code. You know, if you don't mind a hot potato, I would consider um, a logo uh, for a t-shirt or a hat that says DPM, data points matter. I, I would be okay with that. I, I definitely have some swag campaigns. Um, I'm just here for the data points uh, is one of my favorites. Um, uh, nerd out, uh, also data nerd. Uh, all of those are applicable. And I'm very proud that the industry uh, has nicknamed me data points. Uh, as you know, over a year ago when I had my market analysis podcast, uh, we I said data points so often they used a drinking game with it. And I said, please don't play this drinking game. You'll have liver disease in five minutes. Mm, especially not while you're driving. <laughs> bad plan. Bad, good, bad analysis. Plan. good analysis, good analysis. <laughs> so I wanna ask this, you have all these data points. What is the actionable side of things, all right? Because you're out there pulling all this interesting information about certain brands. What are people doing with it once they get it? So the biggest thing right now is we are a we're a database for the blockchain industry from the blockchain industry. So the biggest component of that is actually warm introductions, uh, partnerships, things that actually help the brand move forward in their milestones. So it's not just about assessing their 2023 landscape or even their 2024 landscape. It's about unblocking those things and helping them move faster all the way to being able to have a red carpet all the way to Capitol Hill in order to have government relations to defend your blockchain use case. Is mm. as, as we look here at the website, I went to brand pages. This is on continuum.market and there'll be links in the show notes. And you could see the, some of these dossiers and brands that, that you're working with um, and so the coins that you're covering. Let's just jump right to the question that I think a lot of people are going to want answered. And that is in this political environment with centralized exchanges being scandalized, um, elections being questionable at the very least, the uh, inflation being at you know crazy highs, the housing market on the precipice. You take all of these data points together, and what does it mean to the future of the global economy, the U.S. economy, the crypto markets, Bitcoin? Go ahead and just let loose on what you think, and, and I'm assuming you're not a financial advisor, so this is just what you see. This is not trading advice. This is me reading the landscape. And this is pretty much why I've gotten 50 unsolicited calls this week asking me, what do you think is going to happen? Um, so we'll make this 51. But I'm, this okay is I'm okay with this that. I'm okay with that. a call. We're like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> so that's what I'm here for is actually to that. That's the origin of continuum. I knew that my cousins were never going to do the five years of research to understand the nuances between these brands and why they're a unique snowflake. 
So um, let's start uh, four years ago. So with my uh, analysis into time series forecasting, we found out that, you know, from a mathematical standpoint, quantitative easing was unsustainable. And that meant that we were leading towards an inevitable recession. Now they've kicked the can down the road quite a bit on that. Um, even with some of the COVID things and printing $10 trillion helped kind of stave off that global recession that was already mathematically going to happen. And you can go back the last four years of my content and see me kind of calling the landscape on that. Um, where we're at right now is they've run out of road to kick the can down the road anymore. And uh, already before two weeks ago, before the FTX fiasco, we were already predicting that January was going to establish some pretty clear statements from Capitol Hill in regulations in that they were going to be looking at the crypto industry and saying, we need to address stable coins. We don't want uh, Circle and Coinbase's USDC to be in charge of that. We want to do our own internal CBDCs. There needs to be a structure around that. And by the way, you can't trust these mom and pop uh, blockchain brands because they're not going to protect your data. They're not going to protect your funds. Instead, you should, you should put your trust in these banking blockchain solutions like JP Morgan and Bank of America which is the opposite of what we want to see happen in the Web3 space. Our Web3 space started to get away from centralized authorities like that. And really any blockchain brand is interrupting a middleman economy. Um, and those middleman economies are tied to things that have existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And those middleman economies are not going to die slowly. There's going to be a lot of pushback. So seeing that landscape, I knew that the blockchain brands were going to need really an army to rally around them and be able to defend uh, that they are in fact impacting people in a good way. They are in fact a good thing for US consumers. And that has to be proven out on a case by case basis. So part of what we're doing at Continuum besides the intake process and standardizing <clears throat> the narrative of all of these brands is tracking their growth over the next two years. We're looking at sales, daily active users, assets under management, community metrics, all of those things that these brands are now posting on Twitter, oh, we're being so transparent. Um, look at our assets, look at our holdings. We've been asking for that at Continuum for over two years now. So it's a good time for us to kind of self-organize as a blockchain industry, because we're gonna need the entire community coming together to push back on some of these legal cartels and the illegal cartels that make the money of the world go round. That's called the global economic engine. Anytime you're impacting the global economic engine, watch out, they have bigger teeth than we do. We're gonna have to prove it through data and we're gonna have to prove it through adoption and we're gonna have to prove it through testimonials. And that's what we're trying to create at Continuum is a place for all of that to live. So my cousins can go to one website and say, what is it? Why should I care? What does it do? How do I make money with it? That's fascinating. Fascinating for sure. And I, I want—I don't even know if you know about this, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's just, it's insane to me. So there's this company called TokenSoft that's based in California. I don't know if you know about them, but basically what they've done, according to this data that I, that I pulled up, they created a list of 5,000 of their KYC clients, and they literally published the KYC details on the blockchain. And that, that includes their full names, their wallet addresses, their real home addresses. That to me is the worst kind of use case of data. Like even if you're pissed off at your customers, you don't go all, you know, scorched earth on people, right? So I don't really have any question around that other than what the hell's going on? 
Well, I'll double down on that and tell you more of that might happen. So that's actually one of the concerns with the FTC, or excuse me, the FTX um, bankruptcy lawsuit is that that data might be revealed. And here in Web3, we have a massive interest in protecting privacy and being able to have a shield up if we want it. We're very open to doing KYC AML, and that should be something that lives in our digital identity and we carry with us in a wallet that is safer than MetaMask. Um, I have some solutions for you guys. So if we're, if we're looking all the way forward a decade in the future of what the Jetsons future means is all this technology converges. You're looking at being able to be verified on blockchain. You're looking for those data packets to be able to be passed back and forth between the systems. And you're looking at um, interoperability and just on a completely new level that we've never seen before in human history. So we need to be aware that everything has now changed. And it changed 13 years ago when Satoshi released the white paper. But my cousins and politicians especially uh, still have a very difficult time grasping uh, what the, that means. And if you look at from a scientific level, which is where I come from, my ultimate stakeholder is Neil deGrasse Tyson. I want him to come in and poke it with a sharp stick and bring all the data scientists in. But if you look at historically from a scientific level, invasive species usually decimate native species. And these native species have a lot of things to fight back with. They have a lot of tools at their disposal. So don't think that they're gonna go down easy. It's going to take a collective narrative, not just from the US, but from a global position. And the biggest data point that can help that is GDP increases, right? So if you're in Nigeria and all of a sudden your constituents are able to earn more money than they've ever seen in their lives, that literally changes the landscape of your economics within your country. The U.S. knows this, and they also know that they govern with the global economic engine with the U.S. dollar. So they have to be very, very careful and they're going slow. That doesn't mean that you can't be domiciled and still have and still touch U.S. consumers. Any brand that has even one U.S. consumer you're under the purview of U.S. regulation, so you better be prepared about what that means. It, it tweaks me when we reference the Jetsons. I grew up watching the Jetsons. We were promised flying cars and, boots and robots. And what do we get? Uh, TikTok dances and gender confusion. I just, I'm like, why aren't we there? Come on. I, I should have this memorized, but I believe that George Jetson is born next year. I, oh I believe gosh. that he is born next year, and that's where we should be. And this mm. isn't the well, we shouldn't be flying cars yet, right? This is if he's just well, born, got, we still got a few years to these flying cars. You've got over, patent, you've got patent issues around the big tech companies that are sitting on patents that don't want this game-changing tech to come out. You've got blockchain innovators that are doing things because the ones and zeros can do them, not even knowing that they're getting close to things that are regulated and have you know, have a rule-based system around them. So a lot of this is education. And to your point, I want the flying cars. I want smart cities. I know it can all be done with data. You know, we've got Sophia the robot in the ecosystem as a speaker, along with 140 other blockchain brands, so that the world can start to understand this bleeding edge technology, that these brands can collaborate and not have to build it all themselves. There's a lot of moving parts in bringing about this next future. Sophia pisses me off too. I'm like, yeah. That's no, a whole other thing. That is a whole other thing. Okay, There's but three modes to Sophia. Let's be real about that, though. That's an important data point to understand. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about George Jetson real quick. So George Jetson, 
he was born in July of 2022. That's when he was born. And he was like in the in his 40s. Jane was actually 33 years old during the show. And then uh, their kid was actually like 18 or something. So there's some weird math that doesn't work on this whole thing. Or George Jetson was a pedo. <laughs> okay, that's a whole other conspiracy. Nah, theory, I just right went there. down. I just did the math. I was like, wait a second. So... Just thought I'd throw that out there. Me, Travis George brought Hitler. some data points. I brought Jane some data Hitler. points. <laughs> All right. I, I want to know what it means, though. Here we are in the middle of this collapse uh, of centralized exchanges. Massive scandal that arguably ties back to a single political party, maybe both, but definitely um, hedges towards another and the corruption goes all the way, it appears, to the top of the globalists and the World Economic Forum. What does this mean for crypto? All of a sudden, the news comes out today that 12 banks are going to be test piloting central bank digital currency, digital dollar over the next 12 weeks. I mean, are we this close to becoming enslaved by the, the, the government? You know, is freedom about to be tossed away? Okay, that's a lot to unpack, Mr. Joel. Unpack Kong. it. Unpack right. it precisely. <clears throat> okay. And, and get get me Gosh, to Joel. the answer. Let yeah, me the answer right now. Let me let me try and uh, create some buckets there. So first, you've got um, the FTX. Are you going to make a list of buckets? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm data list? points. I'm. Okay. I always make data points lists. All right. So you've got the FTX scandal, uh, which has to do with leverage and propping up things that should have been allowed to fail. Um, that was over leveraged by a bunch of other trading institutional um, folks. I don't want to say their names, but they're all over Twitter making announcements this week about, yes, we were impacted. We have to pause withdrawals. That's going to create a domino effect. And so this is actually very similar to Lehman Brothers, where they called in the loans and then the whole everything collapsed because it was being propped up and didn't actually have the real meat and potatoes behind it. So that's what's going on with FTX. Um, the interesting thing as the exchanges are kind of doing a, a war zone right now is that I know too much and I'm under NDA for too many brands. So I'm aware of the exchange of the other centralized exchanges that are in the exact same boat. A lot of the community is now calling for decentralized exchanges, but even decentralized exchanges are going to need some level of regulation in order to play in the NASDAQ NICE type of U.S. ecosystem. So that's one thing. That's FTX. That's going to be a domino that continues through the end of the year uh, to topple things over. And that domino toppling things over, I would argue, is probably the worst thing that's ever happened in the industry. For every rug pull that's ever happened, for every bad thing that's ever happened, for every scam artist, for all the people that are not allowed at Continuum, this one is probably the worst because he was perceived as the golden boy of regulation. And he was in talks with the SEC, which means how did the SEC not see this? And also there is now this... Um, uh, stickiness around were they using FTX to move funds from Ukraine back to Democrats? And was this a money laundering situation? Did the Democrats ask for this? Well, my research at Continuum before two weeks ago, and I've said this in many, 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 many podcasts, is that in January 2023, they were going to have regulation that was anti-crypto anyway. Obviously, the SEC is the biggest proponent of like, no, you guys can't do that. Your security until proven otherwise. They were already going to do that. 
And I used to joke and I've joked on camera that, you know, ha ha ha, we'll see a rebalance in November volatility, which is normal and December kind of closing out the end of year, which is normal. So you'd see a price dip in December and then ha ha ha, wouldn't it be funny if the US government was like, oh, crypto actually triggered the entire global recession. And I'm like, how absurd would that be? And now I'm looking at this play out going, mm. oh God, my conspiracy theorist friends might actually be correct. And I don't know, but it's it lines up a little too effectively except for the fact that Sam Bankman-Fried is now nuclear toxic. And I don't know if he would trade the rest of his life in doing what he loves and what his brain is trained to do um, for these billions of dollars. I don't know. Joel, would you stop working for billions of dollars? I don't know. Logically, from a psychological perspective, I could argue both sides of that. Um, leaning towards a yeah, it's billions of dollars. I, I would personally, I would never want to be a billionaire. I, that is, that's too much money for somebody to have. And I don't want a target on my back. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. If you're, you if wouldn't you got want that people much to money, know you're a billionaire. No, <laughs> right? I wouldn't. Like, even if you had it happen, you're like, whoops, I'm a billionaire. Well, I'm not going to let anybody know. Yeah, no, there's filings, there's public records. People would know. Like right. they know who's got the money and it's public and they're like, all right, how, how quickly can I give a bunch of this away? Cause yeah, I, I, I don't want it. So well, I want to add this on here. Continuum wants okay. more publicity. We want more transparency of things like that. We want actual. There has to be their, their holdings. Yeah. Like a proof, like a proof of transparency, like yes. a proof of what's in your vault. Like if you're an exchange, you need to have a proof of that. Like, how are you not doing that? Leave it to Travis to want proof of transparency. Pot. That's <laughs> I love pot. I we, love it. I think we should we totally actually, have pot. At Continuum, we call it transparency as a service. And a lot of that has to do with collecting the data directly from the brand. We're not shilling the brand. We're literally letting them tell their story. I'm under NDA for every one of these brands. I know too much. And I know too much in order to help them connect the dots on the back end or remediate issues that might be challenging for them and really help them go faster. But the transparency part is what my cousins are missing, is what the politicians are missing. And keep in mind at Continuum, we have four major quadrants that kind of covers everything. You've got Main Street, You've got blockchain street, my people, right? CTOs, ones and zeros rule the world. You've got Wall Street, how the global economic engine responds to it. And then you've got Capitol Hill. And unfortunately, all roads in this industry lead to Capitol Hill. We have got to unify and self-organize in what we're going to be presenting as good versus bad to US legislation. This is a call to arms to the entire blockchain industry. Call me. You can reach me at Christina at Continuum.market on social at Continuum 3000. We have a red carpet ready to the politicians that want to have these conversations. And all U.S. citizens are welcome to be part of this. I have a vision in the next decade of blockchain voting, of being able to have insight into bills and things that are on the floor and actually hold your elected officials accountable, that you're not just voting them out every two years, but you're actually working with them to understand what is the landscape. The education that is needed in America is ridiculous, and that needs to extend out to a global footprint as well. We're talking blockchain, uh, blockchain literacy, data literacy, own your data, and why you should be mad that they're making trillions of dollars off of your data right now. They're not going to want to give that up. 
You've also got financial literacy, which is not taught in schools. And if you want to understand the DeFi game, you need to be pretty literate in financial uh, concepts. And we say all the time that crypto is Wall Street on crack. They're not doing anything that Wall Street isn't already doing. And how much are they being, how much is Wall Street being held accountable for this kind of stuff? How many times has Bank of America been embroiled in a, um, you know, embezzlement uh, scam, you know, for multiple states? These are things on a level that they almost feel untouchable. And we as constituents need to push back that, no, you're not untouchable. And yes, there is transparency and we can hold you accountable. Oh, that's so that's so cute. They're not held accountable. Nobody at Capitol Hill is held accountable because it's almost like you're part of the gang. If you're part of the gang, you're you're not going to get any trouble. If you're not part of the gang, well, then the justice hammer will come down on you. So I just read I read this earlier today on Bitcoin magazine that global banking giants are starting a 12 week CBDC uh, pilot with the Federal Reserve Bank in New York starting immediately. So then what we know or what we think we know about FTX and we we can see because we've seen some of these records where you know even Mitch McConnell got 2.5 million dollars from, you know, from FTX, right? So it's like give a bunch of money to Ukraine, money goes in the FTX, FTX filters it to these politicians. So of course they don't want accountability. Of course they want a central bank digital currency and they want to say, "Oh, crypto caused this crash." Because they're assholes, quite frankly. Worse I, than I, that. They're criminals. I, I, think, I, I think your paraphrasing is a expected narrative by January 2023. Now, two two things to unpack there. Number one, you've got the um the, the politicians, essentially. Number one, you've got the CBDCs. Now, banks have been publicly denouncing uh, anything blockchain related for five years, meanwhile, quietly working on their blockchain protocols and their CBDCs. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. On the politician side, for five years, they've been publicly denouncing blockchain. Meanwhile, we know the Office of Management and Budget has been exploring with blockchain. We know that the financial infrastructure, we know that the state level and the federal level has been exploring with blockchain. And we also know that the red administration under Trump was desperately trying to be able to announce um, the CBDCs and the banking infrastructure as the same as they were trying to take um, credit for the cannabis uh, release. So this crypto cannabis bags of cash infrastructure actually goes hand in hand. And it is not a very popular opinion on Capitol Hill to change the status quo, right? That's going to mess with how they make money. That's going to mess with how they know how to, you know, glad hand and, and, and trade what they call chits. And so if you guys think of uh, Capitol Hill, what we see on TV is very much like a play Uh, a stage performance, right? What happens behind the scenes is incredibly different and they don't want to let go of the status quo. Now, there are a a few small number of politicians that are ready to work with us and absorb everything uh, that the blockchain industry has to offer, but that's a very small percentage of the actual elected officials in Washington, D.C. So... There's an answer that I'm hoping you can give me. Um, I kind of asked it, but I didn't ask it completely. If all of this plays out like you are saying you're, you believe it will, what does this mean to the overall economy? Like is the stock market, are we going to see a crash here pretty soon? And have we seen the bottom for Bitcoin? And if not, where do you think it is? 
Oof. Okay. Not trading advice. This is not trading advice. Uh, We've been predicting a global economic recession for over four years now. Uh, I don't see, we have also predicted for six months on record, we have been saying they're going to wait until after the midterms and they're going to let the Fed rates um, impact start truly hitting in Q1 and Q2 of 2023. This means consumer price index um, that has been high for absolutely no reason uh, may need to reset. This means the real estate market, which has been high for absolutely no reason. Uh, This means that the consumer credit crunch and the institutional credit crunch are all going to kind of rear their ugly heads in Q1. And hopefully by Q2, some things are leveling out. But when you look at a bear market, it generally takes 270 days to kind of get through it. And sometimes it Now, um, the wizards that I work with, the mathematicians and the technical analysts that I work with, they have predicted that this recession will be a global recession worse than 2008 and that it will reset the value of the dollar. Now, if the dollar is getting reset, everything is getting reset. I mean, this means price of meat, agriculture, energy, precious metals, all the things that make the world go round is all going to get reset based on supply and demand. And unfortunately, those supply and demand um, gatekeepers have been in power for a very long time doing some very not mathematically backed things with those ecosystems. So one of the biggest things that blockchain does to interrupt that is provide the clarity on the supply chain. And so if you're applying blockchain technology, it starts to erode at some of that money shell game that the gatekeepers have been able to do up until now. So I would expect from January 2023, across the next 18 months to mid 2024, that this is going to be an insanely tumultuous time in the markets that we have never before experienced. It will come out in the wash around GDP, but there's so many countries that have taken bad loans that they may also end up going bankrupt. Not to mention the nefarious things that you've got from both China and the US going into other countries and buying up things like energy and precious metals and reserves. So anything that's considered a commodity is going to get reset. The US dollar is going to get reset. That means that Bitcoin will not be seen as a store of value. You could absolutely see it go below 10K. And we have called the bottom for over a year now. When the recession actually hits, it could go as low as three and a half, maybe even lower. This is about value and where people start buying Again, when it gets so low, when there's blood in the streets that people go, I'll buy that, that's where you start to see the the tides change. But that won't happen until the massive slide happens. I I just I want to pull this this tweet I just spotted right here, just just broke. New York Fed says household debt increased by 2.2% in quarter three to 16.5 trillion, a 15% increase, the largest increase in credit card balances in over 20 years. This seems to just dovetail right on what you were saying. I'm not at all surprised by that. That's real data points. Those are the data points I don't have memorized, but that's where our instinct goes is that BTC is not going to be seen as an alternative store of value during this recession. It's going to go down the drain along with everything else. And when the human species decides this thing is of value, then they'll start buying it. And that starts bringing it back up to wherever the price point is going to settle. 
I do believe it will be 2025 until we see another 60K all-time high of Bitcoin. Mm. So let me ask you this, uh, you know, so one of the things that, that Joel and I have talked about over the years was how great will it be when a lot of these corporations are doing security tokens, right? Instead of, instead of you know, having stocks which are manipulated, right? The stock market's completely manipulated, you know? And then, so, so what about security tokens? Because I'm looking at the total market cap. It's like stomarket.com. You can go and look. It's like $14 billion is the total STO market cap, which seems really low to me because there's a lot of really big companies. How long until we see the proliferation of security tokens? I think first you're going to see the proliferation of utility tokens. I think that what's happening right now with Fortune 500 brands, what I call the household brands, um, these are brands like M&Ms. I pick on them all the time. Shout out to M&Ms. Uh, they're doing things in the metaverse and with NFTs, with reward economies, with discounts, with um, loyalty programs, things like that. That can all be handled with a utility token. And so the adoption of a utility token as a data packet to say, yes, this thing happened and now we can go ahead and give them a reward. I think that's step one. Step two, what you're technically step three, um, because step two would be a hybrid of saying we should have a security token. But the security token is what you're talking about, where basically anything to do with profit sharing is going to fall into the realm of security token. Doesn't matter if you're using NFTs for it, doesn't matter what background you're if it has profit in it, if you're sharing profit, you're probably a security. So that being said, now you're getting into some new structure and new legislation. And this is why we actually have an advocacy and lobbying arm at Continuum is because things like employee stock options programs um, will now be a revenue share for, uh, you know, potential Fortune 500 brands. What you're talking about, Travis, is kind of... Um, releasing the Kraken, right? Like you're, you're opening the floodgates at that point. If we don't- I have, want to release all the Krakens. If we don't have safe lanes of commerce and established tax code, even the Fortune 500 brands will get hit on their wrist for doing things like that. And so there's this counter movement in Capitol Hill to be ready to support the Black Rocks and the JP Morgans and the um, you know, Halliburton's and the M&M brands and Nestle. God, and you just named like all water. the crappy companies. Like I'm telling you, you need, to, under, you need to understand that the rules that apply to a good company also apply to a bad company. You need to understand tech, team, and intentions. You need to understand nefarious actors. You need to understand what do you think that brand is going to do with that kind of power. To Joel's point earlier, he said, if we get CBDCs, are we all just under surveillance at that point? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Are you so going to fight back on that? Are you going to fight Kanye back like, on that? Yeah, you're done. Well, what happens when they don't like what Joel said or they don't like what Travis said? Boom, you don't have oh, a bank account anymore. That's a different thing. So actually it's a totally uh, different to, thing. To, to move down a weird rabbit hole. So the media and entertainment companies own the rights to Kanye. They own his likeness, all of blah, 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 blah. So they've actually started, and I've heard this through the grapevine, we'll need the brands to comment on it. This is not trading advice. They've started to digitize um, artists and take 10% of Kanye and 10% of 
Nipsey Hustle and 10% of this and 10% of that and put together an AI character that's never going to flub up on Twitter, right? That is a bigger sense of investment and revenue model for them that they get to outright own than dealing with a human that could potentially go off the rails. So now you're into AI and bleeding edge technology that has uh, a blockchain back end, but we're really just dealing with the fact that these are all really hard concepts for my cousins to understand and for the politicians to understand, but they're already here. And are you going to punish, you know, Atlantic Records versus um, Halliburton? Right. The, all of this kind of falls in the same category of legislation and it's very, very murky waters. So it You've continue, got we've, we've done the best we can. <laughs> You got confused cousins, cousin. That's what <laughs> that's what I want to say. Well, Christina, we appreciate you coming on today. The website, continuum.market. You can sign up for uh, for Christina's email newsletter over there and find out how to get involved, whether you're a brand or you're in crypto or you're a politician, whatever. If you want to be a part of a positive movement or uh, meet her in uh, Miami, you're going to be at Art Basel, yeah? We sure are. We're doing a VVIP event with uh, Miami Fontainebleau at Art Basel on Friday the 2nd. You can get $800 off the ticket price using code Continuum800. So definitely take advantage of that. We have not only the blockchain brands and some of my favorite humans coming, but also some very big venture capital, um, asset, uh, capital management. So we've got a couple folks one person alone manages two billion. So I'd imagine we have about five billion assets under management at that party. Not to mention celebrities like Baron Davis, um, who I was just at his house singing some Adele over some of his beats he was laying down. That was super fun. Everyone in Web3 is welcome to join Continuum. You just have to be transparent about what you're doing and allow us to track your journey for two years. If you're here to build a Web3 world, we want to help you and we want to prove that you're actually safe for US consumers. Very nice. And uh, and we are pleased to also uh, partner with you. And um, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about what that means for Bad Crypto, the Nifty Show, the Nifty Chicks, Travis Wright, Joel Com, this universe. Oh, I'm so excited about that. So this is really uh, how Continuum uh, interacts with the world. So we've got all these blockchain brands, right? But they want more exposure. And Travis and Joel are also speakers at Continuum. So we want to track where they're going to be and so that you guys can find them and get in contact with them. It's really a community of access to the best blockchain thought leaders. And these blockchain brands, they want to be on shows like the Bad bad crypto podcast. They want to be on uh, the Nifty podcast, Nifty Chicks. We have about 400 podcasts, but you guys have the metrics that show quantifiable impact when the brands are actually participating. That's what we want to show. We want to show at Continuum that they might have had a community of 2000 and then they went on bad crypto and now they have a community of 10 thousand. We want to show those event triggers from a data science perspective and give you guys the credit for everything amazing that you're doing to impact the industry from not only uh, events and media, but also deal flow, the advisorships you guys are doing, the conversations you guys have offline. You guys are chock full of data points. We want that all to be available at Continuum. That was just uh, that was lunch. I'm chock full of. <laughs> You you just like Thomasina Dolbeat us because you blinded me with science, girl. That's what I do. Data points. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And go to continuum.market to hear more data points.
Thanks, guys. I'll see you in either Miami or Puerto Rico, where we're going to be with Mike Turpin's Coin Agenda Caribbean. So much love to Bad Crypto and the Bad Crypto family. Love you guys. Thank you for the work you do for the blockchain industry. That is uh, one heck of a prediction, Sir Lord Travis, for Bitcoin to go all the way down to the 3000 range. What do you think of that? If that would happen, like this is going to be a crazy, crazy time if that ends up happening. So hopefully that does not happen. If it does happen, wow, we're all going to be in a world of hurt, I think, if that does well, occur. Right? If that happens, I'm backing up the truck. I mean, that's like yeah. beep, 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 load, you know, give me yeah. a shovel and let me load up some BTC because, wow. Load it up, load it up. If that's the case, it's going to be crazy. So we shall see. We don't know. There's not financial advice. But it was some interesting data points from data points herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. Yeah, we do encourage you guys to go check out her website, continuum.market. Uh, links to it and some other things are in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 650. And right before we recorded this show, I did an airdrop to Bad Crypto Nifty Club members. And if you uh, are in the Bad Crypto Nifty Club and have the membership NFT, then you just received an NFT. Uh, let's see, there are now... For some reason, it's not showing them all here. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I need to talk to Carlos at Uncut and say, hey, Carlos, why isn't the, the but there's now been three NFTs dropped to, uh, to those people. And this is what you want right here to make sure you qualify for the airdrops. Go to badcrypto.uncut.fm, links again in the show notes, and grab this Bad Crypto Nifty Club um, NFT right here. It's only $2.53 right now. I, and the only reason we charge for it is because we don't want bots taking them for free. So go ahead and pony up and then you will get access to the airdrops that are coming out and uh, probably announce another one this week. Maybe we'll do one. I know we're uh, we're talking to Brad Mills again um, soon. Brad Mills can on Twitter because he was the guy who called Luna before it happened. He was the guy who called Celsius before it happened. And I'll bet you he was calling FTX too. I want to know what he's calling next. Yeah. I wonder if he's calling crypto.com and some of these other ones. Cause that's like, you know, gosh, it could just become so bad if that's the case, right? Where the, the global markets crash. That's going to probably happen in our lifetime, if not sooner than we would really feel comfortable around. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it for a long time. Fiat money always crashes. What has happened traditionally is countries would then uh, reach an equilibrium around the amount of gold that they have, and then they would tie their currency to their gold that they have in storage. Is that going to happen now? Because all I know is that China has a lot of gold. Russia has a lot of gold. America doesn't seem to have as much gold as we would think they have. So what's next? We shall see. I don't know. All I know is this programmable dollar is scary, dystopian level George Orwell 1984 stuff. And uh, while not financial advice, if you want to consider it life advice, I don't think this is ever bad advice to figure out how you can be as sovereign as possible, how to take as much control of your life, where you live, how safe you are, how much money you have, what you're able to, to do with your life, where you can go. These are questions you need to be asking yourself now before the hammer falls. Because once the hammer has fallen, it's too late. So figure out what you need to do to set yourself up 
for success. For some people, that means moving to a different country. For some, it means being somewhere rural where they're growing their own food, right? There, there's all kinds of alternatives. Um, this is not a paid ad, but a site that I have referenced and subscribed to is called SovereignMan.com. Uh, the guy goes by the name Simon Black. It's not his real name. I believe he lives in Puerto Rico as well. In fact, I'll pull it up really quickly. Uh, I'm not sure what I pay each month to uh, to be able to have access to this information, but they do quite a bit of research on um, different countries and different economies and opportunities that are available this is the uh, the site right here, SovereignMan.com, helping you gain more freedom and prosperity. Um, and uh, I, this is the first place that I heard uh, and read about moving to Puerto Rico to be able to legally keep more of the income that I earn and not have wow. to pay taxes on all of it. So uh, definitely recommend that you check it out and take control of your own stuff gang because nobody else is going to do it for you the government is certainly not looking out for you there you go i think we've said it all ladies and gentlemen Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.